was about bringing up controversial subjects and a series of quests for strange horrors. It feels good. Guidance is internal. We live on a placid island of ignorance in the midst of black seas of infinity. Do not think there are things in this universe which you cannot understand and which are true. Welcome to Far Off Topic, episode 29. I'm your host, Fiasco Jones. It's something you hear about only in places like Brazil or El Salvador, where police run wild, killing their enemies at will. But could that most favorite of totalitarian recreational sports be making its way to the United States? We'll talk about the dark specter of police death squads in our feature coming up. As 2020 continues to chug along, sowing chaos and disaster wherever it goes, we'll try to fill up some more spaces on your apocalyptic bingo card with our great news to end on segment at the end of the show, naturally. With that, I'm joined from the corner of hell that doesn't celebrate Halloween by Tiwi. And because he feels guilty for creating the QAnon conspiracy, but hates that he never gets any of the credit, I'm also joined by Steven Jackson, a.k.a. Jax, a.k.a. Mr. Glasses. Jax, how is life? Um, it's terrible. I think it's terrible. I don't know. Really still? I think that's like I think it's three shows in a row where it's just absolutely terrible. Well, it keeps progressively getting worse. And and here's why. Uh I feel like um just being quarantined has kind of sucked um for a lot of people, including myself. Couple that with uh the summer of chaos and then throw in the mixture of soupy disgustingness that is um the Oregon Washington wildfires that have choked the northwestern part of the United States and now you just it, it just keeps it's like at one po- at what point <laughs> at what point does it just cease like can we just get a can we just get a I don't know like a sunny day <laughs> no no you can't like I said in an earlier uh, episode this is just the whole simulation is winding down. It seems so, that way. Like it really does. I mean, it seems like, well, what the fuck is next? Locusts? <laughs> like, are we? It's funny because so on that podcast, I even like just kind of jokingly said, we're just going to get hit by like a, a meteor storm of Adolf Hitler's or whatever. Um, I think the next day they announced that a, a meteor or an asteroid was headed to it was was projected to hit. The, the, the earth on election day or the day before election day or something stupid like that <laughs> yeah that's fantastic it's it's just horrible it's been i mean so this weekend my, you know i have two two little kids can't go outside because it's not just unhealthy air it's hazardous air like wow black uh they give you like little icons and it's you know red cross don't uh don't proceed and then we started getting like black gas masks with the eyes uh x's over the eyes which to me (laughs) says put on a gas mask or you're gonna die right right (laughs) so great weekend really been been awesome wow and see, for, for me, I always see are the pictures of, like, orange and stuff like that, and it doesn't look that bad. It just looks, uh, you know, atmospheric. You but, can't you know, see you across could... the street. You literally can't see the house across the street. Oh, really? Yeah. Wow. Okay. Tiwi, is, that the, is, it, the, is a similar thing happening for you in Seattle? Um, yeah. It was, I feel like yesterday, so today's air quality was worse, but yesterday was more depressing because yesterday was more orange. 
there's something really like apocalyptic about that orange that just really <laughs> it makes you feel like Mad Max is happening. <laughs> that yeah. we had to like turn all our lights on because it was just too depressing. Um, wow. Today it was mostly you could pretend it was fog, so it yeah. was very thick. It was like thicker than yesterday, um, and it's not fog, but you could pretend. <clears throat> you hear her voice, and that's my voice too. I mean, I've been like, I've been hacking all weekend, uh, and it's it's just awful. And and like I think it's because we've been conditioned with um, like every movie using sort of an amber filter when something shitty is happening. Um, right. That now that we have life as an amber filter, um, we know that <laughs> shitty, is hap- shitty things are happening. Mm, it's sad. It is. We also have a lot of bunnies, which I don't know what that's about, but for some reason this year there's a lot of bunnies. I'm just going to throw that out there because I feel like it's going to also lead to more like other animals. <laughs> Uh, interesting. It's a, more of a benign sign of the end of the world, but uh, maybe that will become something. Maybe they will, I don't know, uh, get a taste for human flesh. And, uh, it's you possible. Know, that, that'll be a thing. Well, interesting. It'll be a nice, nice little twist there. All I can say is that here in Las Vegas, it has been quite fantastic, actually. Uh, the heat uh, slipped out for several days. It's kind of coming, coming back a little bit, but we've just had like four days of just great weather. So... You know, you know, you give some, you get some. <laughs> Ridiculous. Yeah, go fuck yourself. <laughs> All I know is that my prayers to Ophiuchus are going to continue as they seem to be paying off quite well. Um, with that, let's move on to our feature conversation. This one comes from the Rage Desk. Let's start with the disturbing news coming out of Oregon about the killing of Michael Raynal. This from Democracy Now! In Oregon State, a witness to the police killing of Michael Raynal, who was the the man who was accused of killing a conservative man in the Oregon protest earlier this month, well, he says the 48-year-old anti-fascist activist did not appear to have a gun and was not threatening officers before he was killed in a hail of police gunfire. The witness, Nathaniel Dingness, says Raynal was clutching his phone and eating candy outside an apartment complex on September 3rd when officers in two unmarked cars converged on him. Dingness says the officers never announced themselves or gave commands before opening fire. So uh, I'll pose this to you, Jax, first. Uh, what do you think? Is this uh, bullshit, or do you think that uh, the cops actually set up an ambush to murder Raynal, someone who was ba- has, has said in the past that he's 100% behind Antifa, and we know there is a growing antipathy uh, in the police departments for Antifa? I don't know. I mean, it's one of those situations where it's the federal government who's ultimately the ones who pull the trigger notoriously tight lipped so we're not going to get any semblance of a report um anytime soon as as to what exactly happened i don't know i mean a witness says that he saw him eating candy and holding a cell phone uh do federal officers have to wear uh body cameras or anything like that no no yeah so i mean we you you won't see body cameras um who knows what this investigation looks like as far as what 
uh, officers, you know, what, what, what agency is investigating. I don't know what agency is investigating. I would assume it's the FBI or some, some similar police agency, uh, with the federal government. Um, yeah, this is one that's like, I don't think we'll ever have an answer as to whether he was armed, whether he was not armed. Obviously they probably went at him with an opinion that he would be likely armed and thus their, um, heightened, uh, fear that he might cause them harm. That being said, a dude with a cell phone in his hands eating a piece of candy is, I don't know. Uh, yeah, in the video of Ronald kind of stalking the Patriots prayer um, guy, whose name escapes me, um, it does look like he was, you know, he was actually stalking him. He was intentionally going after this guy. Um, I don't know if they had a beef beforehand, but it does seem like he he waited to kind of uh, confront him. So, I don't know. Ronald. With that information, if I was a cop going in, I would assume, uh, yeah, he might he might be uh, kind of crazy. So, Tiwi, what do you think? Um, I mean, do I think it's true that they just like gunned him down? Probably, yeah. Yeah, I think I, I think so. <laughs> I, I believe that. Uh, you're not going to give the uh, the feds the benefit of the doubt, nah. Nah. <laughs> I would like to update the um, the article, too. Uh, looks like Washington Post picked this up. He was eating a gummy worm. I feel like of the least threatening candies there are, gummy worms are pretty high up there. Also, the witness, he's not friends with this person. He just lives in the same apartment complex. And I mean, I guess I, when I think about like when I question the witness's uh, testimony, I, I do wonder about like any kind of affiliation. If he's like, you know, just my best friend. <laughs> I was. Just, oh, yeah. Your best friend or just <laughs> yeah. maybe just like very, very anti cop to the point where he's willing to kind of throw out some kind of because uh, I don't as far as I know, he's not reporting this to the like making a complaint to the police. So it's, he's not committing a crime by going around saying, oh, I saw this. I saw that. Um, so I think anyone in that situation can say whatever they want. Um, just to kind of cause some a little bit more hype, but at the same time, I'm more inclined to believe him. <laughs> yeah. I'm more inclined to believe that the cops are pissed off and they want to kill a violent Antifa guy. And hey, sure, you know, if they 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 saw a black, he's holding some something in his hand. It could be candy. It could be a gun. Let's you know, it's not on our. It's not our. It's not our uh, responsibility to to yeah. you know figure out what's the difference. Uh, at least that's my impression. This, of course, kind of uh, that question of like, did they kill him or did they not kill him? Was it justified? Was it not justified? Uh, this segues into the broader question for this feature, which is, are there police death squads or is this kind of a uh, a really dark conspiracy uh, by people like myself who don't trust the cops? There is evidence, though, suggesting that there might be more uh, fire where the smoke is coming from. This could be the part that's more terrifying trend. Um, violent police gangs operating with a tacit acknowledgement of their de- uh, departments. I got this uh, article from a place called Spectrum One News or Spectrum News One. According to the sworn testimony of a whistleblower, there is a violent gang operating within the Compton Sheriff's Station. One alleged member is accused of killing 18-year-old Andres Gordado outside a car shop in Gardena. More than a dozen deputies have matching tattoos and belong to a violent clique called the Executioners at the station, according to Deputy Art Gonzalez, who filed a whistleblower complaint regarding 
the executioners in June. Gonzalez said, I now call them a gang because that's what gangs do. They beat up other people. His sworn testimony obtained by Spectrum One News is for a separate excessive force case filed against Los Angeles County. The deputies in the lawsuit are accused of chasing ink, which is slang for trying to impress the executioners to join their group. So the article continues to basically say that these these executioners have gone out and maybe even behind some killings, but mostly just a campaign of terror uh, in their in their Compton area. So. I don't know. I, I I take this, but I also take the recent kind of uh, actions of the Departments of Homeland Security when they brought all their federal units and said, we're going to muscle up and we're going to be more law and order, force, force, force. I, f- I feel like that these are like there's a through line to this very aggressive, very violent culture within police that is less sympathetic to civilians and that it is growing. It's been there. It it exists inside the departments and it's festering. And because there really isn't any kind of accountability, these very violent cops get to do whatever they want. They can, you know, go out and cause havoc on the streets of America. I think that so Spectrum News One is is picking up this story, but so is everybody else. The LA Times has it. I don't doubt for a second. I don't doubt for a second that there is a group of officers in Los Angeles who kill people. I don't doubt that for a second. Be- because as you just said, being a member of law enforcement is uh, one tenth of one percent of the population. I don't know. Tiny little piece of the population that have been empowered to enforce the laws, any means necessary, and to kill people with general impunity. And I don't mean to say that glibly. Um, you can, you can be a police officer and kill someone, and you will not go to prison most of the time. The vast majority of the time, you will not go to prison. You will not suffer anywhere near the same consequences as anybody else. On top of that, the things that police do is shocking. Like, it's shocking lapses of judgment, and then they still are rolling around in their cars. Why do you think that is, though? Like, why do you think that even though they are, they're responsible for so much, that their job is to guard us and protect us, right? Protect and serve. But... They have so little accountability, and they don't want more accountability. They, they want to be able to do whatever they can, and if that means that some assholes take advantage of that system, they're fine with that. They're like, all right, well, that's just the way it's got to be. I don't know. I, I, don't, I don't know why they feel empowered to do what they do um, and why they don't. I mean, if you talk to police officers, they will tell you, we're the good guys. Like there's, there's a bad apple out there in every profession and that bad apple needs to be rooted out. The problem is police don't root them out. So that bad apple might kill someone and that person doesn't, there's no consequence or that consequence is, well, they, they get put behind a desk, but they keep their job. So here locally, the sort of big cop story that's been going on is this joke that the police played on somebody swing shift was coming off of their shift. And on this particular day, they were all going to a restaurant to eat together. And one of the overnight graveyard guys is driving in and he sees 
this caravan of police going to this particular restaurant. And he says, he says over his little uh, computer, tickety tackety tick, what should we do to prank swing shift? At the same time, a call comes in from a very well-known mentally ill person who, and he says, the Uber won't come and get me. He calls 911. The Uber won't come and get me. So they go pick him up. They drive him to the restaurant, which is across town. They give him five bucks and they say, go have a meal. And he goes in and does what he expects, what, what they expect him to do, which is cause chaos. And he tries to go back behind the, the counter and it's a big laugh and they go home. And it's like, you know, I don't live in a huge town. Every, literally every single person who's in, in the criminal justice system knows this guy. Uh, he has been arrested or had police contact not dozens of times, not hundreds of times, not thousands of times, tens of thousands of times. <laughs> you know, like, wow. It's because he is so gravely mentally ill, he does not know what's happening at any moment in any day. And those guys kept their jobs. To me, if you're going to treat the most vulnerable person in our community that way, fuck you. You should be fired. Set aside the fact that the guy is currently sitting in jail for a class A strike offense felony that can send him to prison for the rest of his life. Forget about that fact. Resulting from their prank? No, just in general, because that's how dangerous of a person he is. A class A strike offense felony that could send him to prison for the rest of his life. Forget about that fact that you send that guy into a restaurant with people who are eating there with their families. If you're going to treat the most vulnerable person that way, fuck you. You should be fired. And you know what happened? They did not learn about this. The world did not learn about this. My community didn't learn about this until the Black Lives Matter protests fired up and people were like, you know what? Let's start doing some public records requests and seeing what the disciplinary file looks like in, in, in our town. The mayor learns about it that way. The newspaper learns about The newspaper runs a story on it and tells the mayor and the city council that this had happened. And it's just like... There was a report or someone like filed, like was, was it an internal report? Or yeah, the, that- the, uh, the shift that got pranked was like, that's fucking bullshit. Oh, okay. some, of the cops, some of the cops on that shift were like, no, you can't do stuff like that. That is bullshit. So fortunately, there were good cops on that side of things. But what's shitty about it is these guys are, they, they kept their guns, they kept their jobs, they, they get a letter in their file that gets destroyed after three years. That's it, Jesus. So I don't know why cops feel empowered to do, you know, this bullshit, but I certain well, I kind of do know why they, they feel empowered to do this bullshit. It's because of stuff like that. Right, because they know they can get away with it. It's they the, know they can know, get away with it. And that's, I mean, let's, let's bring it back to the whole, uh, what started the, 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 the current round of protests, the, the George Floyd protests. I'm convinced more than more every single day that uh, the cops are going to get off, like, scot-free, because... The violence that they used that day to kill George Floyd was was training. It was their training. They were trained to do that. Yeah, it's the violence that they're trained to do. If you're trained to put your knee on somebody's neck, then that is not you. That then that is not being reckless or negligent. 
But doesn't it seem odd that police have so little training? I feel like any other career where you're engaging with the public at large in a capacity that could harm the public at large requires that you have rigorous, like, multi-year training. Teachers have more training. (laughs) I know. know? Daycare providers have more training, and they have to keep it current, and they're vetted better. It's just, why are these people given a gun that basically have, I mean... To most, like, they don't have any, you know, exceptional training. They get, like, a, what is it, like, a MMPI, like, a mental health assessment to make sure that they're not complete psychos, which anyone can honestly, like, pass if they, you know, answer correctly. It's just, it's, it makes no sense. It's intentional. I, more and more I'm convinced it's intentional because you can always fall back on the lack of training. Well, this is how I was trained. I was only trained once. And this is how they were taught us to do it. So that's the way I'm going to do it from now on. And if you don't have to constantly be retold, you know, well, that's wrong. That's wrong. You have this layer of protection of like, okay, well, I was just, you know, I'm just doing what I was told. I think policing for the most part self screens for, for a certain demographic. And then on top of that, it also self screens, you know, for, for high school diploma or at best high school diploma, significant reform needs to happen. I think that's obvious. And it's going to be significant pushback on that. Right. It'll just, I mean, they'll go all boohoo, I'm not playing anymore. And to that, I say, good yeah. riddance. <laughs> I know, right? But at the same time, like when you say screening against, I because I, I keep thinking about, like, what if we just had a more, uh, a better like, class of human being that became yeah. a uh, a police officer? But I think they screen against that. I think that, um, I think even you, Jax, told me once that you had a, f- a short stint where you wanted to get part of the, the police academy and you went and you did some training and there was, I guess, an oral um, exam and there's a they, they would say, okay, well, your partner um, and you walk into a grocery store, the a guy pulls a gun on him, what do you do? The only right answer is you kill him. You shoot. Um, right. And that's the only right answer. That's the only answer. You shoot that person. And it doesn't, and I mean, if you make any other answer, you give any other answer. And I knew this going in. You know, I assess the situation and determine if it's a, no, the answer is you shoot them. Um, and, and you know, I, I, if I were walking through the grocery if I was armed, uh, walking through the grocery store with my wife and someone pointed a gun at my wife, I'm shooting that person. One of the very first sentences out of the mouths of the people I was in this giant room. I was there to take my first test. Giant room, 200, 300 people in there. And a big dude walks up onto the stage and says, welcome uh, to uh, the first test. Uh, We are a paramilitary organization. And that statement alone, the minute that I heard that, I was like, a paramilitary organization operating in the United States, um, that seems unconstitutional what pushed me away from it was just the blatant racism <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> even in training <laughs> i would go on ride-alongs so i would i would go on ride-alongs and I-, I knew somebody at the department that i was that i was testing for and he was hooking me up with people who were awesome and and so i was riding along with sergeants i was riding along with really good officers and then one day I show up for a ride along and the officer who I'm supposed to be with isn't there. He called in sick that day. And so they put me with just some random. <laughs> and this motherfucker only targeted black people. 
But he only went after black people. He literally referred to black people as animals and monkeys in front of me. And that, and on that day, I was like, I'm done. Because you have to toe the line. These are the, I mean, this is the thing. When you're, when you're chasing, when you're chasing after someone and that person starts shooting at you, do you want the guy who you've been like, I just did an internal affairs report on you for calling the black person who you arrested a fucking monkey. Do you want that guy to be behind you? Right. Of course not. Of course or his not. Buddies in the fucking death yeah, squad. Yeah. That okay. you're, <laughs> of course don't know not. About. Yeah. Exactly. So you keep your mouth shut. So I don't know. I mean, and that's how and that's how these sort of things these sorts of things fester because I people it. keep. I mean, keep people. And that, that's the thing, is, it? and then fester and into again that bringing that paramilitary idea yeah. into it, and bringing this idea of uh, the Omerta silence. Yeah, um, it is a mafia, and now what's the natural outgrowth of that? Is that you get these, you know, pseudo death squads? I'm sure that some of them are responsible for death for murdering people. My last thought on this is that I take uh, the Sam Harris logic. Uh, that he has toward Islam, where he has this very hardline position that um, Islam needs to reform itself, and until the moderate Islam Islamic practitioners take responsibility and transform Islam from from within into a uh, into a liberal philosophy, then he is free to kind of cast dispersions and and look at them as a menace. And I say the same thing about the cops. Until moderate cops start denouncing the activities of police, of their fellow police, and the policies of unaccountability and police militarization, then I feel like I am not going to sit there and make excuses for them. Um, I'm not going to pretend that they are the good guy. I'm going to assume they're working at their own particular agenda as far as like the good cops like what percent do you think actually are good cops because i i'm i feel like it's a low number and i feel like if you are a good cop then you can't work there like if you're a good person like personally for me like my job in my role if i'm working around a bunch of people let's say who are just committing like fraud then i'm not good at my job (laughs) If I continue to work with around them. So like, how could you be a good cop if you're able to still work alongside these bad cops that that kind of negates any good that you have? Right. And I will say like the definition is difficult because, again, you're kind of talking about a system that uh, one is institutionally racist and uh, for years and years has kind of labored under the idea that they don't have to be responsible for their own actions. So a good cop might define themselves as someone who just doesn't kill people um, (laughs) for – for un- unjustified reasons, as they define those, th- as that um, every cop that goes in there and kills people with the right intentions mm-hmm. might consider themselves a good cop. So I don't know. It's uh, a <laughs> good cops. I don't know. I'm sure there's lots of good cops uh, in the police uh, departments. Um, how they define that, I don't know. Um, um, but uh, I, for myself, don't think that it's my responsibility to define that because the good cops are the ones that have to come out and change things. They have to be vocal and say, this is before I have to, before I change my opinion about what a good cop is, or if there are, are any good cops at all, 
I want to see them doing it internally. I want to see them coming out and rallying on behalf of uh, the population saying that we don't need these giant bomb proof tanks, you know, yeah, uh, the street. Thing. Right. We don't need a SWAT team to do IRS um, audits. You know, we, we that, those yeah. are unnecessary. We need to take that back. We need to take a lot of these things back. We need to take responsibility for our violent actions. I want to hear those cops say that. And then maybe I will come a couple steps toward them. Um, but until then, you know, fuck them. <laughs> uh, don't shoot me. There are rumblings that the Yellowstone supervolcano might be burbling back to life, but that's not all. We will reveal five stories of terrifying, soul-crushing news of doom as we share great news to end on at the end of the show. But first, Roger Stone gives some bad advice. A dissident scientist offers some chilling news about coronavirus, and QAnon is unmasked. And we'll tell you all about it after the break. Eighteen forty-eight, Hydeville, New York. Two sisters accidentally open an invisible portal to another world and begin communicating with beings on the other side. News of these communications spread far and wide, and within a few years, they become the bulwark of a new religion that nearly consumes America. Could that portal still be open? 1975, Mocha, Puerto Rico. 21 farm animals are discovered dead, all with three puncture wounds in the chest and completely drained of blood. Later, many more animals are slaughtered in the same manner. Were these the first killings of the Chupa monster? Countless stories like these of strange creatures and wild spirits stalking the liminal spaces of human experience force us to ask the question, what is going on? Thankfully, for the first time, there is a definitive source for the answer. The Albertine High Strangeness Index. Compiled over generations, the index charts all of the world's known incursions with the invisible unknown, such as March 13, 1997, Phoenix, Arizona. Thousands of residents are startled to see a V-shaped craft drifting noiselessly across the sky. Frightened and curious, witnesses document their sightings with police and media outlets were later rebuffed as lunatics. Was this a sign of a supernatural invasion? The Albertine High Strangeness Index is a natural resource for anyone who's curious about the unseen world around us, or for anyone wondering if the world is getting even stranger. To learn more about the invisible unknown, examine your first volume, Horrific Knowledge of the Ancients, for 10 days free. If you're satisfied, others will follow. If you must know what they don't want you to know, then you must have the Albertine High Strangeness Index. If you see the glass as half full, then you're probably not paying attention to the evil people emptying out all your water. 
Pessimism is the name of the game as we chart downward trends. Low terrain. Hey, we've got a problem here. I got a bad feeling about this. I have an emergency. We got multiple caution and warning. Brace for impact. While appearing on The Alex Jones Show, Roger Stone called for Donald Trump to declare martial law, among other things. Stone called for federal authorities to seize ballots in Nevada for FBI agents to physically block certain voters from casting their ballots and for Trump to use his powers for widespread arrests to solidify his power, according to media manners. Under martial law and the Insurrection Act, Trump will have the authority, as he says, to arrest Facebook CEO Mark Zuckerberg, Apple CEO Tim Cook, the Clintons, and anybody else who can be proven to be involved in illegal activity, according to Stone. He also called for the immediate arrest of former Defense Secretary James Mattis for what he calls sedition. In addition, Stone warned journalists also risk arrest. Quote, if the Daily Beast is involved in provably seditious acts in a new Trump future, their entire staff can be taken into custody and their office can be shut down. As he says, they want to play war. This is war. Um, the fuck? So, I mean, this is insane. <laughs> I mean, that's that's a, a mind-blowing amount of insanity there. Uh, Tiwi, uh, oh what are your thoughts? Oh, my God. <laughs> Did he just like I'm, miss his name in the in the news or something? <laughs> I'm like, like, what? So he said this recently. Yeah. Mother of fuck. Okay. He, he's re- he's so, reacting to things from rage. He's got George Zimmermanitis. It's like where you get away with something that was really terrible, yes. um, and so now you basically like think you're unstoppable, and you say whatever the fuck you think you can, like because nobody can stop you. You can do whatever you want. He has that fucking disease because this is insane. Like, absolutely insane. What's funny is, like, uh, my my sister posted this on Facebook, and um, people were like, oh, Trump would never do that. You got you liberals taking him seriously, and you're just playing right into his game. And it's like, motherfucker. You you played this uh, little. Uh, you take him seriously. We just take him liter- uh, figuratively. You played that back in 2016, and look where it got us. So fuck you. Everything he says and everything his surrogates say, I'm taking seriously. And I think you should because I mean, he, he tells if he's willing to tell Alex Jones this, and by that the world, you can bet that he's calling up Trump and saying, hey, and he's telling him all the same kind of shit, um, you know, as a way of one, just kind of ameliorating Trump for whatever anxieties he sees in the polls or his future as a president. Um, This would be one of those things that he says, here's the thing, here's the thing, Donald, you don't, you don't have to have an election. You just (laughs) have martial law, you know, fuck all these motherfuckers, fuck democracy, you're democracy, Donald. I have no doubt that that conversation is happening between Roger Stone and Donald Trump. Whether or not Donald Trump ever does that, we don't know. I mean, 2020 is not over yet. So that's where I think that the worry worry comes from. I think the one, I guess, I don't know, not positive, but encouraging is a encouraging factor here is that he named people that would be like targets. And these people Mm -hmm. are not like little like wilting daisies like they're not gonna (laughs) just like step aside and you know be arrested like mark zuckerberg and tim cook and the clintons 
I mean, I worked <laughs> in the copy room for Microsoft <laughs> back in the 90s and was privy to some of their internal documents of security. So I know like some of the level of security that just surrounded Bill Gates at the time. And honestly, like, good luck. Like, you're not going to be able to just, you know, arrest these people just because you're psychotic. Like, they're well protected. Well, I mean, if, if you're the president, like, that, that's why it's kind of get to this idea of, like, what I call Circe's razor, the idea that the laws only exist as long as we believe they do. Um, if you if someone decides just to rip up the law and say, well, doesn't work anymore, doesn't um and just says, okay, now the police work for me directly. You go arrest Tim Cook. Does Tim Cook just, does he fight the police? If they, Assuming the police go probably. along with it. Yeah, um, the, I think he would. I don't know. I think that most people would be so, t- like, confused by that action that they'd be like, all right, I guess I'll just lawyer up. I guess I, I'll go surrender to the police and I'll fight this in court, not realizing that, oh, yeah, the laws don't work anymore. We live in like a dictatorship and you're, you're, you're going to go I don't think into, that it uh, would happen that way, though. I feel like they would get tipped off because they have so much money. They have like feelers and, they would flee? and everything. Yes, they would definitely flee. Like <laughs> they would not just. <clears throat> yeah, you are right. They would know before we would and they would pay, yeah. take the first action. <laughs> they would be gone. <laughs> uh, good point. Good point. So, uh, on continuing on our downward trends, uh, Trump adds more fire to the worrying belief he may not go quietly into the post-election night. He's openly opining to his faithful that the election is rigged. This comes from the Daily Beast. Trump told supporters in Nevada that Democrats are trying to rig this election. Speaking at a rally in Minden, the president insisted. With- The president insisted without citing evidence that a nefarious campaign is underway to send out 80 million unsolicited ballots to random people who are not eligible to vote. Further, (laughs) further, according to Forbes, during that same rally in Minden, Trump predicted he would win re-election and carry Nevada, a state he lost narrowly in 2016. After that, Trump said, we'll negotiate, asserting that he's probably entitled to another term in office based on the quote, the way we were treated. Sorry. The comments echo ones Trump made er- during a rally in Wisconsin in August in which he stated he would win four more years and go for another four years because they spied on my campaign. I don't know, that's a terrible Trump. Because uh, <laughs> uh, he spied on my campaign. <laughs> Likely referencing his unproven Obamagate theory. So we, uh, it's another day. It's another... Um, <sighs> You know, day where Trump says that he's probably not going to he's not going to leave the office. And I think I'm, I'm going to double down on my bet that, that yeah, he caused he does something fucking weird uh, come election day if he doesn't win, which, of course, that's well, my original bet is that he's going to win. You think he's going to win? Oh, yes. I feel like 2020 has one last fucking knife Why? to the liver. Uh, <laughs> so awful. <laughs> it's it's the scene where you're you just escaped and all your everyone you knew was eaten by the cannibals and you're like oh my god shell shocked and you're walking out the next day and you've you, you've survived and out of nowhere right as you cross the threshold eh, twenty twenty stabs you in the fucking liver with a shank as it whispers in your ear Donald Trump wins and you just die uh, that's what well, I think at least I get is going to happen die. I don't know because <laughs> Donald Trump's going to burn it all down. Uh, 
Yeah, that sounds horrible. I don't know. I don't know that I could live another four years of Trump. Uh, he won't let you. <laughs> he, will, he, he will round you up and uh, you're going to a camp. I am luckily, I'm already hidden away in a bunker. Um, so no one knows my location. But you two, you guys are going to the camps. Well, Dude, what I if mean, we did. Oh my god, that's so scary. Yeah, is what we are it close is. Close to Canada. Maybe we could get to Canada. I mean, they've got us. They've got the border closed. So right, but it's, they have to let us in. We can take. Nope, a boat. they won't. I have a kayak. Sh- I'll just the, the, co- the coast guard would shoot you down. No. They, they'd see you flee, and they just like Trump as they scream. Maga, maga, maga. I'm gonna blowing up liberals in the water. He's gonna. I, I think he's gonna win another one too. Um, <gasps> Why are you guys so uh, awful? Biden's gonna fuck it up, or it's. I don't know. One, I'm still shell shocked from 2016 polling madness. Um, that I think that something will happen in the end. There's so many things at play right now. You know, it could be some kind of voting shenanigans. It could be that some people are just like, eh, Biden does kind of suck. I'm gonna go with Trump anyway. Whatever. I don't know. I, I just think that there'll be this one last minute shank to the liver. You know. Yep. I think like the the map doesn't look good. Like the map is a tough map for Biden. Um, I think that uh, there could be voting shenanigans, as you said. I also like this idea of it. It looks like an early Trump win, and so he has several days to be like, "We won, we won, we won," while they're still counting votes that's from the mail. That's definitely going to happen. From, I see that from the mail in. Right. And that's that's like worst case scenario because then he's like, we won, and they found votes, and then. Right. But if, I feel like they're already trying to like actively get that idea out so that people know. Yeah, that of course. That's yeah. Like, that's a hundred percent what he's trying to do. Yeah. So that, that so that that way, when he declares martial law to stop the the rest of the counting, or yeah. God knows whatever insane thing Roger Stone's told him to do, uh, <laughs> that he does post election day um then it all makes sense it's all justified he told you that, you know trump has told you time and time again this is how it's going to happen antifa is stealing the vote yep if there was a god i feel like now would be the time for like you know natural causes to do its thing nah it's because it's a simulation there is <laughs> so there is unfair. no god <laughs> as we've determined last week there is a god. He has a giant cow head, oh, and he's smiling that. at us from beyond the fucking plains of the Empyrean, uh, and because he, he knows that he's gonna kill us all. That's why that smile—he was smile—was on the bovine head because he could see into 2020. He's like, ha ha ha, fuck you. You call me an ashtray. Here's the end of the world. <laughs> <laughs> Showed us. Yeah, uh, and with that, let's move on to our next one. It's all fun and games until people call you crazy, but. You know that you're not crazy. They're crazy. And you can prove it because you've got that paranoid style. There is no evidence of a conspiracy. There's a military plot to take over the government. You've been asking questions about things you know nothing about. Someone else knows, okay? I mean, it's just... Today it's oil, right? A year and nine months from now, I don't think there'll be an electorate, let alone an election. There will be no questions. Tiwi, this is a story straight for you. Uh, one more to throw on the fire for anyone who still thinks that coronavirus was made in a lab. I picked this one up after, uh, from the uh, New York Post, I should say that. A very reputable publication, <laughs> so uh, don't judge me for what this is. A Chinese virologist who has reportedly been in hiding for fear of her safety has stepped out into the public eye again to make the explosive claim that she has the scientific evidence to prove COVID-19 was man-made in a lab in China. 
Dr. Li Meng Yan, a scientist who says she did some of the earliest research into COVID-19 last year, made the comments on September 11th during an interview on British talk show Loose Women. Hmm, interesting. <laughs> <laughs> Yan is light on specifics or actual proof, but she says... Hey, the genome sequence is like a human fingerprint. You base it on this, you can identify these things. I use the evidence to tell people why this has come from the lab in China. Why they're the only ones who made it. Beautiful Chinese <laughs> accent. Uh, <laughs> so, Tiwi, I put you on this, uh, my my little pit bull of, mm. of science. Um, so, you, what did you find out about our, our fair Dr. Yan? I mean, so basically, I just wanted to, like, get more information about her, and there's not a lot. Um, I found her publications. She has 13 publications that I could find online. A lot of them look like she's looking at the effects of radiation, not specifically virology, but that doesn't, you know, who knows, whatever. But there's not a lot of anything about her before January of 2020. And there's the, and you would be able to see like if, it, if she published anything in China. Yeah, I mean you should, you should see her publications. Unless China suppressed her research, mm. how do you think about that? Nope, I mean, clearly that, didn't think about that. That's possible. Yeah, I, they're trying to discredit her. I just here's my take on this. She's like this one person, right? And remember the doctor who was saying like you can have sex and become a demon or something. No. I'm just. Yeah, like Trump's doctor, didn't he like appoint someone who's like said something like you could have sex and become Oh, the, the COVID lady? Oh, yeah. Yes, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So I'm just saying that, you know, she's one person saying this and she keeps saying that she's gonna show the like the proof. Like, you know, throw your cards down, like either, sh you know, put up or shut up. I feel like there's so many people that have accepted that it's not man-made um, that are also virologists that have also sequenced the virus and have done this for years and years. And they've accepted that it's not man-made that I would want to see like irrefutable, like evidence, right. That, that that's, or could it just be that they're doing what Trump so heroically tried to do for us? And they're, they're stifling that evidence to, so they won't create a panic, you know? I mean, who is could it just be the science, the scientists, the the I don't think so. Big science, big science. <laughs> yeah. Who's <laughs> <laughs> big science? So it's all the scientists. They're I mean, all in on it. Big science is interesting. Oh, it's an interesting idea. <laughs> well, even uh, Brett Weinstein on the episode that we did several weeks ago, maybe a month ago, whatever, yeah. um, where he was on talking about the SJW stuff, he was actually on there to go to promote the idea that coronavirus was made in a lab. And he actually said, he like because that's kind of his oh, background. God damn it. Uh, and he's like, uh, you know, if you look at the specific little blah, 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 but that guy is not, no, but he's not a bench researcher. So this is my point. These are like people who don't necessarily know what the hell they're talking about. Like he is not a bench researcher at all, like at all. That's not his expertise. Just because you're a doctor, you have an MD or a PhD doesn't mean that you can like speak on every single topic. 
I think that is actually his background. I think he, he actually, that is his... I don't think so. I, th- I feel like he... Oh my look. Uh-oh. Feel- we got <laughs> dueling typing here. <laughs> He's on. an American biologist and evolutionary theorist who came that's to a exactly, national attention. That's not a bench researcher. That is not... He's not a bench researcher. Please d- define for the people who don't know, not like me... But for the people who don't know, what, what, what is he what, bench what, what do you think a bench researcher is? Is is what he's asking? Because we yeah, know what yeah, it what, is. Yeah. So we what, know. What, what oh, you, sorry. What do you think? <laughs> what, how is? do you define a bench? Because yeah. I, I may, you know, in Nevada, we we call there's so many terms for bench researcher. It literally means that you're like working. I mean, it's called that because you're typically like working alongside like a counter or a bench, right? And you're using like test tubes and you're examining like the the samples, like animal data in vivo, in vitro, you're looking at that kind of research versus like human subjects ah. research where you're like working I think with or, or what we call the pitch. The, the, we call that the pitch. Yeah, the pitch. So okay. she's she's referring to tubies as we, as we oh, call it. Oh, yes, oh, yeah. tubies. Yeah, the tubies. Yeah, see, yeah. Sorry, yeah. He, I'm pretty sure he's not a tubie is my point. Uh, he may not be, but well, but but we you you said earlier uh, off off uh, before we started recording that Yon is a tubie. So Yon so is a tubie. Yes, she is a tubie. Um, and <laughs> but it doesn't look like her tubie uh, subdomain is specifically SARS. But I mean, she does have a publication on SARS. But I think it, it was looks like it's from February, so it's or April. It's it's actually coronavirus. Um, well, there you go. Settled, folks. Coronavirus was made in a lab in Wuhan, China. No, no, It is no. the China virus. Moving on. All right. <laughs> <laughs> unmasking Q. Uh, there have been a spate of articles that have come out recently claiming to unmask Q, uh, the guy behind the QAnon fan fiction, but most recently a company was able to use cyber sleuthing to unmask a major player behind the online cult. This is from Bloomberg News. QMap.pub is among the largest websites promoting the QAnon conspiracy with over 10 million visitors in July. Unbelievable. Jesus (laughs) Christ. Um, And it served primarily to archive uh, all of QAnon's posts. The website aggregates posts by Q, the anonymous figure behind QAnon Theory, and the creator of the QMap.pub website is known online only as QAppAnon. The fact-checking site Logically.ai identified Jason Galinas of New Jersey on September 10th as the developer and mouthpiece for the site. New Jersey state records connect QAppAnon to Galinas' home address. So, do we think that this is Q himself, or this is just one of the major players? Thoughts? Probably Q himself. Yeah? Yeah, so like, um, I read a pretty in-depth look at at why this is probably Q, and QMAP.pub is, was, was registered by the same person who owns the 8chan um, website that the, the the website that ultimately became 8chan and then its um, progeny. Um, so it seems, and, and it it seems like this is probably, I mean, everybody knows that there's a person who's high ranking in intelligence 
who's releasing the country's secrets on an anime image board <laughs> anonymously. Everyone know right. everyone knows that as a thing. But the person who registered that domain and the person who registered the aggregating de- domain are the same person. And so it would seem that maybe that maybe the person who's high ranking in intelligence who is releasing it on an anime image board uh, and and the register are working in concerts with one another or Q doesn't exist, you fucking idiots. <laughs> well, the, the weird thing about this reveal is that it's not it's not the first one I've seen recently of people who are claiming to be Q. And you know what? I haven't been following it in a while. Well, so I don't know how many people have come out to say they're Q. I know that within the fandom, as I'll call it, or the cult, uh, there was a young man who came out a, a, a while ago, uh, maybe a couple a couple years ago or last year, claiming to be actual Q. But he also believes he said he was a time traveler, and that's why he could be young because there's certain biographical information about Q that didn't really line up. He can't be he can't technically be young. So I know that there are people like that who have come out and said they're Q, but I was reading articles saying about these kind of reveals of uh, that it was this older gentleman who created 8chan and that he actually is Q and he's cuz they found they went through some code and they found a little tidbit uh, that that pointed toward him and I'm trying to find that fucking article and I can't <laughs> find it anywhere. Tiwi, didn't you send that to me on our on I the did. Yeah, I sent it to you. Yeah. What does it say? I think I texted it to you. I don't remember. <laughs> but it said it was the HN guy. Yeah, is it is it, it was like the, the 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 founder of HN or something like that, and that he's this dirty little pedophile and uh that he's the the the, the face behind uh QAnon. So I mean, I don't know. It feels like we're now living in a season of these unmaskings. I know another group came out saying that uh they were QAnon and it was actually a group of like seven programmers or whatever. It started out as a prank and blah 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 and so I don't know. Um this is I pretty have, strong evidence though I that he is all, at least a, a Because if you think of like how many like dumb things are out there, they probably all are actually like contributing to the stupidity that is Q. Right. I like the idea of it being someone from New Jersey because I feel like that's my mental, like, random place. So I think that it just fits. <laughs> I don't want Q to be found out. I, I'm, I'm one of those people that just loves the mystery. So, um, but at the same time, uh, maybe it is Q. Maybe it's not. I don't know. I don't know. Well, uh, from AI Jesus to killer pods of killer whales hunting humans sailing through the Straits of Gibraltar, our cup runneth over with great news to end on, and we'll share it with you after the break. This is your weekly KDLU Community Bulletin. September 23rd will mark the beginning of the Oviukian celebration of Sol Invictus. There will be free exorcisms, music, and games to usher in the new age of righteousness for those anointed by the light of Oviukus. The festivities are scheduled to kick off at 6am with a short 4-hour service by Rutherford Braithwaite Ames. Everyone is welcome to attend. 
Sheriff Worley is expected to hold a press conference this Saturday, the 19th, to announce her office's findings from last year's investigation of Yucca Man sightings around the Stewart Valley area. Finally, the annual Fall Festival is rounding the corner, and organizers are asking residents to start submitting names for their picks for Hey King and Queen, as well as writers for the large wicker person installation. As always, names will be chosen at random on the last moon of September. And that's been this week's Community Bulletin, brought to you by Von Daniken Funeral Homes. Live life to the fullest. We'll take care of the rest in peace. Stay tuned with all the latest community information. Only on KTLU Pahrump. No one lives forever, and these next stories may be the reason why some of us don't make it at all. And I looked as he opened the sixth seal, and behold, there was a great earthquake, and the sun became as black as sackcloth. Judgment. All right, so this is uh, great news to end on where I'll read off a, a quick little headline and uh, get you guys' reaction. First one is... The animals are going mad. In several encounters between late July and August, boats sailing through the Straits of Gibraltar have been attacked by an angry pod of orcas for seemingly no reason. Rocio Espanda, the best pronouncing thing I can do. Did you just pick uh, <laughs> like every complicated name for this episode? <laughs> I did. Rossio Espanda works with the Marine Biology Laboratory at the University of Seville and has observed this migratory population of orca in the Gibraltar Straits for years. She says, astonished. For killer whales to take out a piece of fiberglass rudder is crazy. I've seen these orcas grow from babies. I know their life stories. I've never seen or heard of attacks. So, Jax, uh, the whales have gone mad. Uh, what do you think? Uh, how, how, how worried should we be? Good, good. <laughs> Leave them alone. This leads into t- Tiwi's rabbit hypothesis. Yeah. The rabbits are going to kill us. <laughs> yeah. Good. Leave them alone. I don't care about the goddamn whales attacking a boat. They should. <laughs> That's right. That boat had it coming. Yeah. All right. Uh, Yellowstone earthquake swarm. A swarm of 91 earthquakes rattled the Yellowstone National Park region in just 24 hours on September 10th, according to the United States Geological Survey. The quakes trembled southwest of Yellowstone Lake between Heart Lake and West Thumb, which sounds like a really bizarre <laughs> thing to name. It's like, it's All right. like what Charlie Goodshoes uh, names his <laughs> Where do you live, body West parts. Thumb? <laughs> this is my lake car, and this is my West Thumb. Oh, it's just on the other side of East Thumb, I see. Although the area is one of the most seismically active regions in the U.S., the cluster of quakes is on the large side in terms of number and magnitude, but nowhere near the largest. According to Michael Pollan, scientist scientist in charge at the Yellowstone Volcano Observatory. That seems like a fake name title. Scientist in charge? <laughs> He's not a tubi. <laughs> He's not a tubi. <laughs> He's not a tubi. Is this it? Are we are we getting that bubbling up? It's bubbling up. The the super volcano coming? Uh probably. I mean, it's probably going to happen on November second. Yeah, here's uh, what the here's here's what this guy says. Uh, uh, the Trump re-election is going to be the knife in the liver uh, for 2020. No, 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 no. The volcano, the super volcano in December. Yeah. <laughs> right uh, after Biden wins and 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 everyone just oh, and peace settles on the land. Yeah, uh, every like you know lions and lambs sleeping together. Oh, that's and great. then kaboom. That's such a good idea. 
<laughs> right. All right. Here's an, a, a very terrifying one that I just thought, what are you talking about? Massive swarms of mosquitoes kill livestock after a hurricane. Veterinarian Craig Fontenot believes that hundreds of cattle and a few horses have been killed in a five-parish area, with reports emerging that several cattle owners have lost as many as eight animals, and three horses have also died from the mosquitoes. The mosquito population exploded after the passing of Hurricane Laura. Did you think it was even possible for mosquitoes to eat cows and horses alive? Did they drain them? That's horrible. I mean, I can't even imagine that, but... I mean, they didn't drain them to like a like like <laughs> suck them up like a juice box, but they they got them to the point of like just fatigue and they died. That's just <laughs> you know, be like, awful. <laughs> Can you exactly. imagine that's how, that's your way of going? Like <laughs> fucking mosquitoes, man. How many mosquitoes right. is that? Like, if you look at that animal, is he just literally just like writhing mass of mosquitoes? Oh, <laughs> so sad. And here's the thing: for the horses. They have no fucking excuse. I, I mean, cows are stupid. They will, they will, I could believe they would die to mosquitoes because they don't know fucking forward from backward. They just sit there. Horses, on the other hand, a horse can outrun them a fucking mosquito. Like, they're what are probably, they doing? They're penned up. He probably had them all, like, with the those face mask things on their eyes. Oh, no, this is after a hurricane. I'm sure all the fences were gone and it was just pasture to pasture. They gave up. Those horses gave up. No Your respect. Horse. No Your respect horse. to those horses. You're horse shaming. I am. I mean, I am. They just gave up. So, you know, for all those horses out there, don't be like the ones in uh, wherever this fuck this was. <laughs> you know, you fight. You fight. Run from fucking mosquitoes. Last story. A good one. AI Jesus Speaks Apocalypse. George Davia. CEO of Savior AI has created an AI Jesus, and now it's got some things to say about the end of the world. Davia or Davila, uh, uh, whatever, Davia, instructed the AI to write about three different topics. One was the plague, Caesar, and the end of days. He chose the plague for its reference to COVID-19 pandemic, the end of days as it's an interesting subject that most would associate with religion and Caesar because he's one of Davia's favorite historical figures, as well as a name that's mentioned in the Bible. So this is what AI Jesus said. The end of days. The end of days and the ship that was before the temple. And he said, thou shalt not cause to be cleansed. And the Lord said unto me, take heed that the Lord am a refuge from the beginning. Hmm. I don't know what to think about that one. All right, plague. The plague shall be the fathers in the world, (laughs) and the same is my people, that he may be more abundant in the mouth of the Lord of hosts. Mm. I don't. Yes, I... (laughs) It's a word salad. Yeah. Yeah, this this is Caesar. And worketh whom the Lord shall send thee to the captivity of Jesus, and the house of Judah, and the company which he had promised. And they shall fall by the sword, and the promises of men and whoremonger, and the breath of the earth shall not stand to the prophets of the Lord our God. Um, these are haunting. Uh, clearly, I know they, they, they're, they're, saying, they're saying we're all fucked. I mean, if you can't Are pull that they? out. 
and the <laughs> ships that was before the temple, and he said, "Thou shalt yes, that shall, thou shalt be cleansed." That's the end of days. What is cleansed? It's uh, hellfire, brimstone. Oh, it's it's okay. you know, it's a purging, purging fire. We're all gonna. It's the it's it's the Yellowstone volcano. That's what it says. That's it's saying. Will she be uh. cleansed by the Yellowstone volcano? Well, you know, those were uh, those were not reassuring. Or they are reassuring. It's it doesn't mean it's anything. tough yeah. to really say. Yeah. It, it. <laughs> I do think it's funny that uh, he just you know was like, "Hey, AI Jesus, speak on these terrible topics." One of these days, it's going to spit out something important, like Mitch McConnell is an asshole. <laughs> <laughs> right. Uh, all right. Well, that was the show. You can reach us on Facebook at Far Off Topic Show and Far Off Topic on all the other socials. You can reach me via Twitter at Fiasco Jones. Tee-wee? Oh, I feel like I, I think I changed it to Tee-wee said stuff. Uh, you still don't know. That's, that's Maybe you should get on that. Regardless, Jax. Uh, Captain uh, Jax, 458. That's right. See, Tee-wee, you need to respond like that kind of, with that, the kind of vigor. <laughs> Confidence. Yeah. All new episodes are posted on our YouTube account where you can find the full show notes. If you'd like to support the show, feel free to comment or rate. Most of all, thank you for listening, and until you hear from us again, so mote it be. So mote it be. So mote it be. So mote it be.